Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Get your Bible out there. Let's hold them to heaven and say thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. I struggled with this, but uh, finally concluded that we needed to add this lesson number five, pertaining to the glory of the Lord or the glory of God. So we want to do that here briefly this morning. Um, if you are not with us Wednesday evening, which was lesson four on the glory of the Lord, I, I shared that in the first seven chapters of the book of Leviticus, we have five feasts that were given to the Israelites that they were to uh, celebrate, actually sacrifices that they were to make, offerings that they were to make. And real quickly, I'll just go over them for you. And the reason why is because sacrifice produces fire, produces glory. Sacrifice, fire, glory. Without the sacrifice, there's nothing for the fire to consume. But when there's sacrifice, there's fire. Where there's fire, there's the glory of God. And the glory of God is a wonderful manifestation of the divine presence of Almighty God that saves, heals, delivers, sets free, and creates, and, and so on. So just to let you know that. So they were all typical. They, they were types and shadows of what Jesus would do. So first one is the sin offering. And the sin offering, of course, you can't offer anything for as far as sin goes, neither can I. Only Jesus fulfilled that. This was a mandatory sacrifice or offering that had to be made for the sin of the world. And only Jesus could make that sacrifice and offer himself, in which he did. Our response to that today, because he's fulfilled that, is what? I must accept his sacrifice. See, to be born again, I've got to accept what he did. I can't be saved by my works or by my efforts, and neither can you. We can only be saved by what Jesus did. And so thank God he offered himself as a sacrifice for sin. He made him to be sin for us. Can you say amen to that? Are you glad that he did that for you? And because of that, you don't have to bring a bull with you this morning? Aren't you glad? Okay, secondly, the trespass offering was also mandatory. Once again, Jesus fulfilled that. And why? Because God knew that they would still commit infractions against the law. And once you commit an infraction against the law, what happens? You need to have forgiveness. Only the blood of Jesus Christ provides forgiveness for sin. And so in 1 John 1, 9, we confess our sin. What do we do? We confess our sin. That's all we have to do is confess it. In other words, own up to it, identify with it, confess it. And what happens? He forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And this is important. Why? Because the glory is going to be housed in a pure and holy temple. That's why. Okay, thirdly, we have the, the burn offering. And the burn offering is a 
not mandatory, but voluntary offering. This is something that you do on your own. And you can see this in Jesus fulfilling it when at the rock in the garden, what did he do? He was on his knees crying out and praying and as if it were sweating drops of blood. And what did he say? Not my will be done, but your, your will be done. This is a complete surrender of a person's will. See, we're washed in the blood of Jesus. We confess our sins, but we also must surrender our will. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but transformed by the newing of your mind that you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect what? Will of God. And so the third thing is voluntary. We voluntarily surrender our will to God. I'm living for you to do your will. And next we have the meal offering, and this is so important. Another voluntary offering. See, you're here voluntarily. No one made you come here. You came as an act of your will. Here, Jesus fulfills this because he voluntarily gave himself, gave his entire life. He left a throne. He became a man. As a man, he went to a cross where he was crushed. And you see, the mill offering is also called the grain offering. And the grain, the wheat, whatever it was, had to be crushed. And they baked what? They baked bread, wafers. They, they, they did this baking, you know, and... Uh, uh, Cakes, they did that. But what does it typify? That Jesus, your heart can hardly stand it, was crushed. Isaiah 53, he was bruised. He was crushed. Complete grinding of himself in totality for you and for me. What does that mean to me and to you? I give him myself, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my resources, all that I have. I lay down for him. That's why you're here. That's why you give your resources. That's why these musicians and praisers give their gifts back to God and as a sacrifice of, of their lives. Do you see that? How important that point is? Now remember, we're making the temple holy here for the glory to manifest. And what's the last offering? The peace offering. Once again, Jesus, by the blood of his cross, reconciles God to man and makes peace between the two. By being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So once you were justified by faith, you have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so you see the five sacrifices or the five offerings, and we see them fulfilled in Jesus, and now we saw our response to those. And that's how we respond. We make Christ our Savior. We ask Him to forgive our sins. <clears throat> we surrender our will. And we give Him our talents and abilities and our resources to advance His kingdom on the earth. All those things please God. Can you say amen? And the peace offering is what? It is a thank offering. You see, all that He did for us, all we have to do is say, Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and wonderful works to the children of men and sacrifice the sacrifice of what? Thanksgiving. So we thank him. We thank him. Can you imagine that's all we have to do is thank him? And if we thank him and praise him, it gives place to what? The sacrifice of our lips, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The sacrifice of praise gives place to his glory. Sacrifice. Fire falls and the glory manifests, praise God, among us. 
See, that's why we really want to emphasize this because a praise and worship service, I don't know what you sensed and what you felt as we were singing that last song, but I sensed the fire fall and I sensed the glory beginning to manifest and I sensed the anointing just hitting me in my soul. Okay, and that's what you want in a worship service. We want to come here today and exclusively invite him just to enter into our presence right here and manifest his glory. Why? Because it's in that place of his glory that the lost are saved, the sick are healed, the bound and afflicted, the prisoners are delivered and set free. Amen. The chains of bondage are broken. Can you see that? See, that's what a praise and worship service is all about. We just come and offer our praise. The fire falls. The glory manifests among us. Now, to continue our study, look at John's Gospel, chapter 11. And this is what the Lord just kind of brought up to me. Remember the story here of Lazarus. And you remember when Jesus got the word that Lazarus was sick. What did he say? This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. Remember he said that? Okay, so when the time came that he had died, and it was four days later, he began to decay. Look at what it says. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh or decays, for he hath been dead four days. Similar to when your son comes home from football practice, just similar, close to something like that smell. You know what that smell? Jesus saith unto her, Jesus saith unto her, some of you mothers out there relating to what I'm saying, that you wash their clothes, I understand. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if you would what? Believe you would what? See. If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Now, we're going to see the glory of God here in just a moment, but it's not the visible smoke cloud that you can see or the, you know, the Shekinah that you can see manifested with your eyes in that sense, although that can happen, and I have seen that, but we're going to see it manifest in a different way. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. What did he hear him say? This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the, the people which stand by, I said it. That they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face uh, bound with, uh, a about with a napkin, which was the embalming process, Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. So now we see what Jesus called the glory of God is a manifestation of the power of God raising someone from the dead. I don't know that they saw a glory cloud necessarily, a blanket of God's glory upon that place, but notice that Jesus was probably stepping into that place of glory, and Jesus spoke out with an authoritative voice, and Jesus gave a command out of the glory, and he said... Lazarus come forth and what took place? He was raised from the dead. Amen. So we can see that the value of having the glory of God in manifestation. And that's why sometimes in a Pentecostal church, we may not have it just line upon line, precept upon precept. We're going to sing two songs. We're going to take up this. We're going to do that. And we're going to do this. That's just ritualism. We want the glory. We want God to have his way, not us to have our way. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So, to continue our study here, 
Um, I just was impressed to write down a few things as far as I've experienced some of the glory of God in certain ways just to help us to better understand how we can all experience greater the greater glory of God in our lives. Because sometimes we just speak out the word of God and just make a confession and like we're trying to, let's just say, manipulate God to do something because we made a confession. But it's deeper than that. You realize that it's deeper than that. Okay. So my first experience with the glory of God and it lines up with what took place in Ezekiel chapter two, chapter one and chapter two. Uh, let's read that first. And it's the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice, I heard a voice of one that spake. And he said unto me, son of man, stand up upon thy feet. And I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me on my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. And when I was in this first time I've ever preached in a church, is I've shared it with you before. But you see, sometimes remember some of these things. Remember, because when they happen, sometimes you don't even know what's going on. You remember, I just, I would pray in the Holy Ghost and praying in the Holy Ghost is praying with other tongues. And before I would go to a church service like that, uh, before, you know, meetings or whatever, and I just would do that and get ready. But then I got up there and I began to preach. And when the Spirit of God fell upon me, I preached so fast I couldn't keep up with myself. <laughs> I, was, I don't know if I was more scared or whatever I was, but I was just, man, I, I couldn't keep up with myself. I feel bad for those people now, but it's kind of long gone. <laughs> And so when I got done, I came from a denominational background. I had no idea what to do in a Pentecostal church, so I just preached as fast as I could. And then I said, well, I'm done now. What am I going to do? And I thought, well, I better have an altar call. And so I had an altar call. I said, people to come up, stand up. Get, they, they knelt around the altar. And I never had this happen but me before, but I know that the Holy Ghost is on me because I couldn't preach that fast without him. You know, so I just walked down like here, and this lady was right over there, and she's on her knees. And I went to just go make contact with her and just say, sister, what? And I, that's all I said out of my mouth. All of a sudden, you saw him picked up by the glory of God. The glory of God picked her up and threw her back 10 feet that way. I'm standing there like as if I'm not surprised, like this happens all the time. I look over to the next lady and said, what do you want? <laughs> she just looked up at me like, really? <laughs> I, I was more shocked than you were, lady. I, mean, I have no idea what just happened here, but I'm sure God took care of the problem, whatever it was that she had. I'm sure he met her need. Would you agree with me on that? She, my goodness, glory to God. So that was that one. And then uh, I've shared with you about my daughter's fall. And if you were not here to hear that, my daughter, when she was like almost four years old, three and a half going on four years old, in my parents' house, once again, this goes way back when, when I just got saved and started teaching uh, my father's Bible study in the basement. And there I am just sharing. And above us is uh, it's a, it's a Cape Cod house. And so she's up in the attic. He remodeled it. And she's sitting, the babysitter, the babysitter, my cousin, put her on the rail. With a bunch of other little screaming children running around the whole place, all of a sudden I hear a thud above my head. And my heart sunk. There must have been 10 kids up there. But my heart sunk. I mean sunk. For some reason, I knew it was my daughter. And when I got up there, opened up the door, she fell 10 feet on wooden steps, busted her eye open, screaming. I tried to stand her up. I know if you're in the medical field, I did everything wrong. 
tried to stand her up. She collapsed to the ground. She couldn't stand on her own. Picked her up with my arms, took her into the living room, laid her on the floor with the whole pray, uh, the team, the, the whole uh, Bible study group. We just laid hands on her. Now here's where some people, I don't want that tongue business. It's nothing but a bunch of gibberish and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you something right now. I laid my hands on her and I prayed with other tongues as hard and as fast as I could. And I just kept on praying in tongues. And I don't know how long it was. It could have been five minutes. It could have been 10 minutes. I do not know. But it will give place to the glory of God. And as I continued praying in tongues, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this was not something that I did. My, it was like someone lifted up my head. And I just went straight up in the air like that and said, now I know she's healed. Let's go finish the Bible study. They looked at me like I was mad out of my mind some are saying call an ambulance this girl's her blood pouring out of her eye i mean come on i said i'm she's healed now let me show you two scriptures acts 2 4 and first corinthians 12 they were all filled with what you know the holy ghost is the glory of god he is the glory of god he raised jesus from the dead and they began to do what speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance someone says that's not for today well, then is the Holy Ghost for today? And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll speak with other tongues as he gives utterance. And like I said, I just spoke as hard and fast as I could. But now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because, and verse 9. Because I did not know this, what happened. this is what took place back then. To another faith, I believe the Amplified says special faith, by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing and by the same spirit. So what took place in the glory at that moment was... As I'm praying in the spirit with other tongues as hard as fast as I could, all of a sudden the glory of the Lord just took things over. This gift of special faith went into operation because I'll be honest with you, my faith was not there. That I, this, this daughter of mine was my first child. And if she ever got even a fever or any symptom, she was at the doctor's in a heartbeat like that. I'm just saved not even a year, probably a year. This tragedy happens and there she is lying on the ground. And there I am praying in tongues. All of a sudden, boom. I have a special faith now that takes you beyond your regular faith. And you operate in the spirit with this spiritual gift. It is a faith that even when I took her to the bedroom and the devil said to me, she's going to die on you or she's going to be crippled. I just said, too late. I would have been a basket case if you can understand that before. You know what I mean? I would have been a basket case. Had that happened to my daughter and I didn't have this experience. And it was the operation of the glory of God in this manifestation. We're awakened by her running into the bedroom. Thank you, Jesus, you healed me. Thank you, Jesus, you healed me for three days in a row. And this here big, she had like a pocket uh, full of uh, infection. It was sticking out here real far. And this side of her face you couldn't recognize. You could see one side was her, Lisa, and the other side you couldn't see. And guess what? By that, well, on that Wednesday, it fell off and she had brand new skin. And by the Saturday to the Bible study next week, they looked at her and says, this cannot be the same girl that fell. I said, yes, it is. By the grace of God. Now put a price tag on that. And right now she manages many of the Philip Pelusi hair salons in Pittsburgh. And there's another story about her that I don't know if I'll get to. But anyhow. 
Uh, look at the next one. My son Jason's here with us today. You may not remember this. <laughs> he doesn't remember this. Well, how could he? He was just, a, he was just probably a year old. <laughs> but um, the Bible study I tell you about, this is when the church was in downtown Midland. And I would go on Saturday night and, and to Youngstown because my dad wanted me to continue having a Bible study up there. And so I did that. And it would go on until about 10 o'clock at night. It's dark and all that. And driving home from Youngstown, I would take the back roads and come 168, you know, all the way to the back roads and going all the way into Midland. And when I hit the just before, probably a quarter mile before Midland Heights Hill, if you know where that's at, I'm driving. I look over. There's a guy laying on his back on the side of the road. And so, my goodness, I pull my car over to the side. Then another car pulls over next to me. We see this guy lying there. And I get close to him. He's bleeding. I'm thinking, oh, my. So between this other person, which I found out was also a, a Christian, a brother in Christ, we go to him. We pick him up. An ambulance comes. They want to take him to the hospital. He refuses. So he and I take him to his house. And we're in his house over here on Wood Street, I believe right off of 168. And we're in his house. And we begin to, we clean him up. And then we preach the gospel. And I mean the both of us. You know, we're just sharing the word of God, sharing the word of God, letting this person know. You know, he was a situation where he didn't think God cared. He didn't think God loved him. He didn't think much of himself and all that. But you know what? We, we shared with him and it took a good while, maybe 45 minutes. Of course, Jason's in his mother's arms in the car and I don't know this, but when I walk out, I hear he is burning up with fever. He is burning up with fever. We got to get him home and get him taken care of. So drive home, get Lisa in bed. He's lying in his bed. I walk, I'm beginning to walk into his room and I'm gonna go like I normally would, just lay hands on him and pray for him. But I want you to see something. As I begin to walk into the bedroom, I hit like a brick wall. You know how it says that the glory of the Lord appeared and they couldn't even get in or they couldn't minister by reason of the cloud? I mean, I hit a brick wall where I'm walking like this and all of a sudden, kaboom, I stop right there and I hear a voice out of that position of glory. And it says to me, because you have shown love to another, I will demonstrate my love for you. I'll never forget those words. And there he is burning up with fever. And I mean laboring to breathe. You know when a child has a high fever and all that and you're breathing, he's breathing heavy. So it's hard to explain this, but in a flash, in an instant, I knew exactly what to do. It was almost like it was supernatural, a revelation of what to do. I was going to lay hands on him. Instead of laying hands on him, I just stood there and said, I re you foul spirit, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And when I said that, now I didn't put this in the notes, but when I said that, let's Luke, you see it in Luke's gospel chapter four, I believe it is. But when I said that, I saw a black bird-like figure fly off the top of his head and out the window. That's called discerning of spirits. I saw that. I heard his breathing that was labored become calm. I walked over to him and touched his forehead and there was no fever. It was completely gone. Look at Luke's gospel. I believe it is in chapter 4, 38 and 39. 
he arose out of the synagogue and into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her, and what did he do? Rebuked the fever, and it left her. Uh, this is like a visual. I'm telling you, this is, now does this happen to me all the time? Absolutely not. But that's one time that it did happen, and that should give us assurance that sometimes there are spirits of infirmity that need to be cast out or dealt with to bring healing. Okay, so he cast this, he, he rebuked the fever, it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. You know, there are spirits of infirmity. Jesus talked about a spirit of infirmity that the woman would, that had that was bowed over and couldn't get herself up. She had a spirit of infirmity, it says in the Bible. And so that was an instantaneous healing. But what was the manifestation of? The glory of God that manifested that out of that glory, I had a word. The word came out of my spirit. It wasn't something I was trying to manipulate God to do or manufacture. It just came up out of my spirit. I just declared it. I just proclaimed it. And boom, instantaneously, he, he received his, his miracle of healing. So I'm just reminding you. Just. <laughs> now... By the way, discerning of spirits, that is uh, the ability to see into the spiritual realm. See an angel, see a demonic spirit, see the glory of God. That's what discerning of spirits is. It doesn't mean discernment. I've got good discernment. You actually saw what took the spirit. You saw the angel. You saw the glory of God. Okay, next one. The woman in need of a creative miracle. And oftentimes what I emphasize about this is that... Um, there had to be repentance and obedience, okay, because there was bitterness in the heart of this woman. And because she was bitter, even though she was asking God to heal her, she wasn't getting her healing. And even though faith was in operation, when I would go there and sit with her by her side on her couch and share the word of faith with her and saw, saw a temporary, you say, uh, work of God in causing this eye that she had that was the muscle deteriorated so it couldn't focus, and it would, it would focus, and then it would go back after I left. I couldn't understand what the, the deal was. And so I found out by the Spirit of God, bitterness, and that was a, revela a word of knowledge. And so I, I shared with her, and she said, yes, I'm bitter towards someone. And I said, you got to get it right. You're not going to get healed. And she said, okay. Next Sunday, we had a service. And like, we have our healing services. These are, I, couldn't you put a price tag on this? There's someone who is in dire need of help. To get the help that they need. Isn't that what church should be all, all about? Aren't we like a spiritual hospital? Right. To get them saved, healed, delivered, set free, and made whole. Even when man can't do. Well, man can only do so much. Man can only do so much for Andrew. No doubt about it. Okay. So, um, that Sunday night service, I'll never forget it. I'm in my office. I'm on my knees and praying in the Holy Ghost for about, once again, praying in tongues for about an hour before the service begins. Uh, I and actually, while I was in, on my knees... I did see like a cloud, almost like in a, in a mini vision. You can call it a mini vision. I saw me stepping down and then laying hands on someone. Didn't see the person, but I just saw that like that cloud. And so I got done with my message. Little church in downtown Middle, I'll never forget it. It was on that side. What, there were only like a, two steps to go down, one step to go down, you know, and a platform didn't sit down, and then you're down. And so as I got over to here, all of a sudden I can see like a smoke all around this individual. I took a step down, and I said to her, I said, what do you want? And she said, uh, I'm here for my healing. And I said, well, did you get that thing straightened out? And she said, I sure did. I forgave. I'm no longer bitter. Got it all dealt with. Went to lay hands on her. Power of God came on her and did a creative miracle. She got a miracle 
uh, creative miracle. Um, the eye that was deteriorated, the muscle that was deteriorated would, that helped, would cause the eye to stay focused was completely healed. She even went, had to confirm, went to a doctor. The doctor just said, uh, what happened to you? Did, did, did you go to Pittsburgh and they found out some new you know, surgical procedure or something like that? And she said, no, I just went to church and Jesus healed me. There's a lot of beauty to that. First of all, there's no cost. There's no copay. Would you, can you say amen to that? All right. So, but I'm showing you these things because you can see the different workings. One was in a response to showing love to somebody. But all of it is in response to what? Accepting Christ as your Savior, asking Him to forgive your sins, surrendering your will to Him to be used by Him as He wants, and giving yourself to Him totally. In other words, crushing self, crucifying self, and saying, I want to be used by you. I want to give all my all to you, all that I have to you. And then offering the sacrifice of praise continually for His goodness and His wonderful works of mercy. And that positions us to have the manifestation of the glory of God. Okay? And so then, uh, this next one, you may inherit His name, Andrew. Andrew, and most of it was already seen, but just to give you the heads up, when I was standing there in the birthing room, you, you don't know when these things are going to happen or how they're going to happen, you're, you're, you're in that birthing room there, you're excited with great anticipation, and he's born, we're so excited, and he's born, all of a sudden, why is my baby blue, why is his face blue, and you're waiting for a professional response, right, he's the doctor, you did the level one sonogram, level two sonogram, and everything is perfect with Andrew. But he's born blue. Now there's great concern on his face, and you're just standing there waiting for a response, and it was like forever, there was no response. Like you can cut it with a knife. It was the silence. And right at that moment is when the voice, the glory is in you. The glory is in us. The Holy Ghost is in us. I hear, fear, be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. Fear not, only believe. And my mother-in-law tasked me on the shoulder, what's going to happen to Andrew? Did you do it once or twice? I thought it was once or twice. And I, I felt it. What's going to happen to Andrew? I said, we believe. See, that declaration of faith, that foundation for faith to stand for Andrew originated there and it was yes based on all the scriptures that we know based on the teachings etc etc but it was at that moment that there was a foundation for faith we believe and that became Andrew's anthem which is why the name of the book is we believe and so from that moment on whatever he encountered whatever difficulty whatever situation that became our basis for faith our foundation we believe who never sucks swallow or breathe we believe he'll be on a feeding tube for the rest of his life okay thank you but we believe you believe you will see what the glory of god so there is a, a degree of believing connected to the glory so you believe you'll see the glory so we believe See, we got to believe that when we praise God, His glory is going to manifest. If we don't, if we just, I'm just here just to sing a few songs, then let's get over with song service and all that. But if we believe that when we sing, He'll manifest His glory. When it came time for the chicken pox infection that's in His heart, I get a call from the hospital, from my wife. I just left. It was almost midnight. I'm, I'm wanting to go to bed. I got these two other ones at home taking care of them. And uh, but thank God we had a, someone that was staying with us to watch the children. 
I get a call, you better get back here. They don't think he's going to live through the night. What a wonderful call. It's right back in a car, all the way back to Children's Hospital. But the mo here it is. The moment I get in the car, the moment I start it up, I'm ready to go. I never get out of the driveway into the street. All of a sudden, there is a divine presence that falls upon me. Thank God for the glory. It falls upon me. I st you have to know it was the glory of God because I started singing. I started singing. I'm singing hallelujah in tongues, in the spirit. Glory to God all the way there. Thank you, Lord. I should be down with my head down and everything else. I've been, I drove all the way back here. Everything was okay, and I'm going back there. They said he's going to die. He's not going to make it through the night. What am I going to do, Lord? No. Do you know the Bible says, There are many that will say to you, There's no help for you in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. Can you say amen? When everybody else and all things around us say it can't happen, it can't happen. Thou, O Lord, you're a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. My eyes are on you, not this. Hallelujah. And then long story short, I get there and they say, we must have made a mistake or wait for the morning. When the morning comes, have him read him again. Oh, he doesn't have any chicken pock in, in his lungs. He's fine. Was that a coincidence or was that the glory? All right. Uh, and now this here, this is this this and this is amazing to me. When uh, the doctors came in after the heart surgery and just said that um, if his heart does not go back in a rhythm within 72 hour window, he'll stay that way for the rest of his life. Have to be on this special medication for the rest of his life. At 71 minutes and uh, at 70, 71 hours and 59 minutes, well, the whole team is standing around his bed, and there's that little boy, only a diaper on, fans keeping him as cold as they could keep that body. I don't have to say it. All of a sudden they said, it happened. We just saw a miracle. They never expected, because it was so late, they never expected it. But what were we doing praying in the Holy, thank God for tongues. You know why the devil doesn't want you to pray in tongues? Because he knows it brings forth the glory. That's why. You don't have to do it publicly. Get in your car, get in your bedroom, get on your knees and pray in other tongues and bring the glory. Hallelujah. The, bring the manifestation of the Spirit. You see, it's more personal than it is public. Amen. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all you Corinthians. And they were crazy. They hung from the chandeliers and did everything else. Okay. They were crazy people. But he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And I wish that you all did. Okay. Now, as our praise and worship team comes back up here, I want to give you three scriptures. Sacrifice fire and glory. Sacrifice fire and glory. Sacrifice fire and glory. No sacrifice, no fire. No fire, no glory. The fire burns up the chaff. You realize that? You ready for it? This is what praise and worship is all about. And you can just sit there, but you want to write these down? Write these down. First of all, Psalm 22 and verse 3. Psalm 22 and verse 3. Thou, he says, uh, art holy, O thou that inhabits lives in what does he live in oh i thought it said complaints and murmurings of his people complaints and murmurings of his people and the more we murmur and the more we complain the more he's going to live and no 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 oh we have every reason to complain we have every reason in the natural to murmur we get bad reports and all that and we can murmur and complain and feel sorry for ourselves and have a victim mentality but you know what that's not going to help us i said it those are your feelings and you want to play them out but that's not going to help us 
He inhabits the what? The praises. Come on up here. The praises of his people. We are his people and he inhabits our praises. And so when we come together with this understanding and this revelation that if we praise him enough, it'll bring forth the, the manifestation of his glory. Okay. And then second one. And this is Psalm 50 verse 23. Whoso offers, what's that sacrifice we're to offer? Not a bull, not a pigeon, not a turtle dove. We, we offer what? It's a sacrifice. It means you're, you're giving up something for something else. You're surrendering something for something better. You're giving up maybe whatever it might be so that you can praise God from your heart. Even though you don't feel like it, but praise God. You say, I'm sacrificing my feelings so I can praise you because you're a good, good God. Amen. You don't always, I don't always feel like praising him, do you? You don't always feel like praising him, but you sacrifice your praise. You, you just set, set aside your feelings and emotions and say, I may not feel like it, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to sing with all I'm worth, for all I'm worth. Him that offers praise, what, is it, what does he do? He glorifies me. Oh, if we glorify God in our situation, guess what? He will take over. Because he says, and to him that really lives a lifestyle of praise, him aright, that's ordering your perception right, I will show what? The salvation, the salvation of God. You want to see his salvation? we got to give him praise when we don't feel like it. we got to thank him that we're delivered when we don't feel like it. I'm going to praise you. And then the last one, Psalm 67, verses 5 through 7. Let the people praise thee. You ready for this? You've got a loved one you want in the kingdom of God? Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us in the ends of the earth. All the ends of the earth shall fear him. So in other words, if I want to see my loved ones in the kingdom of God, there's nothing better I can do but to praise him. Praise! I want to praise you for saving so-and-so. I want to thank you for saving so-and-so. I want to praise you for surrounding him with labors of love that will speak into his heart and mind. And as you praise him, he will show, hallelujah, his saving strength. He'll orchestrate it. He'll send people across their path that will continue to convict them of their need of salvation. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, 
I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and I'll accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.